Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. No matter what time of day it is where you're located, and no matter where you are located, right here and right now, you are with me, Laura Paget, on my podcast, Living What You're Given. This year, we are looking at a theme called Turning the Tide, and we're discussing various topics with various guests on how we can turn the tide on things that seem to be spiraling out of control. And you know, when we are out of control, and when that tsunami, whatever it is in your life, starts to hit, and you know you've got to do something to turn that tide, it can be a dark time. And many of us live in darkness for many reasons right now. And sometimes it doesn't feel possible to turn the tide. And indeed, it may not be possible unless we intentionally follow the light. I want to welcome you right back into uh, Living What You're Given. This podcast is hosted by me, Laura Paget. And what we are doing in this particular, this is the third season, and what we're doing with it is we are trying to turn the tide on some things that are going on in our world. Uh, We're just talking about them, which I think is the first step. In order to do that, we sometimes have to look out of the darkness of our own thinking or even the thinking of those around us and look into the light. So that is why I'm using a song by my friend Christine Marie called Follow the Light. And she has written and produced the song and given us permission to use it because she shares my vision that if we're going to stay in darkness we're probably not going to turn the tide. So her information is going to be in the show notes and how you get a copy of this if you are interested in that. I really uh, suggest you try to connect with some of her music. It's really, really beautiful. But for today, I want to welcome in my friend, and you've heard him before, Mr. James Early. Hi, James. Thanks for being here. Hey, Laura. It's good to see you again. It's good to be here again. It is always a fun time to be with you because we share a lot of similar avenues of thought. We do differ on some things, and that's what makes the friendship great. We can do that with respect and dignity. You know, friends, uh, James has such an interesting bio, but the big piece of it I want you to take away is that he is on a mission and He's doing it with his podcast called The Bible Speaks to You, his speaking engagements. He has different kinds of workshops, and we're going to talk about all of that too, that are helping us to dismiss some of the negative and self-destructive things we've learned in the past about who Christ is and who we are in him. The Bible Speaks to You is a podcast that airs uh, weekly, and we're going to give you that information too on how to listen to that. And what James 
is doing, and he's changed many, many lives, is he's helping us to look through spiritual eyes and helping us to challenge ourselves to not define ourselves and God through the limited human lens. As I said, he does this with speaking engagements, writing, his podcast. And one of the most impressive things to me is since 2008, he has led Bible study workshops in the Federal Correctional Institution in Danbury, Connecticut. He does live in Connecticut. And he takes the time to lead these because what he has found is by spending time with the people in these institutions, he understands through a spiritual lens now that all of us are children of God. It doesn't matter where we've been. It doesn't matter what we've done. It doesn't matter who we are. In God's eyes, we're precious. We're his children. And regardless of our past, we can have freedom and a future in Jesus Christ. He has lived in Connecticut all your life, James. Have you been there most of your life? I grew up in Texas, so okay, uh, it's a big difference being in Connecticut. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I've been to both places, and you're right, it is. He's married <laughs> to a lady named Polly. They've been married for 33 years, and they have three grown children. So they're empty nesters, right? Yep. There you go. And so he does dedicate his life to helping transform uh, lives of others through the truths he's bringing and the spiritual awareness of what life can be like. And I want to thank him for being here again. Thank you, James. Is there anything else you want to add on that bio? Oh, wow. You were pretty, really generous with me. I, I try to live <laughs> up to all those things you said. Uh, you know, I, I love to garden organically. I'm really looking forward to it warming up and I'm actually going to get my hands in the dirt. So that's, uh, that's one of my fun things to do. So, so he does have hobbies and you do some yeah. water sports, don't you? Have you kayaked or canoed or? I, I love, yeah, kayaking and stuff like that. Um, yeah, yeah, as yeah. long as I'm in the boat. <laughs> That's right. Okay. Me, I like to be in the water, but that's okay. I'm, I'm not crazy about the boats. But today, mm, what a world. And it's hey. a challenge on every possible thinkable level. But this particular episode is going to be aired three days after Easter. Easter in the Christian calendar is when we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But there's so much to his life before his death. And I wanted to kind of explore a little bit about who is this guy, this Jesus. Every Easter, I ask this question. And I'm asking now, and we're going to be looking at various human elements that we've assigned to him. And how is it that we have managed to overlook what he said about himself in some of these areas. Can you tell us, let's talk a little bit, let's kind of take these and unpack them one at a time. Well, uh, that's a really good question. Are you talking about how people see him today? Or you're talking about how he saw himself. Well, let's talk about how people see him today and let's talk about how he saw himself. First, I want to say you're talking about the, the challenges the world is facing today and it seems like there's a lot of darkness. Oh. Um, and it's easy to be judgmental and critical and wish things weren't this way, but it's been this way 
<laughs> for thousands of years. I always come back to that wonderful favorite verse that you learn like in first grade in Sunday school, God so loved the world yeah. that he sent, I'm going to paraphrase, that he sent Jesus to show us what life is really all about. And I think we need to try to look through the eyes of God as we answer this question you're talking about. When God looked at the world, he said, oh, I love them so much. I'm going to send Jesus to help them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when Jesus saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. When we look at Jesus or when we look at the world, yeah, there are a lot of challenges, but we need to have that same sense of compassion and love, not our own personal love, but God's love for mankind. And then we're going to answer any question differently. So how do how do people see Jesus militarily? Well, depends on who you talk to, because some <laughs> people are ready to have him. And throughout history, they've felt like Jesus was on their side of, you know, in a war, in a battle, on mm -hmm. the battlefield. Sometimes mm -hmm. both sides are praying to Jesus. We know we love Jesus, so he must be on our side. And I think that's a, a very narrow view. The thing is, we project onto Jesus as well as other people our own characteristics. Yeah. And we, because we're looking through the lens of our own thinking. You know, if I'm angry, I'm going to look out at the world and I'm going to think the world is full of anger. But mm -hmm. the anger is in me. I mean, there may be anger out there, but if I've got anger in me, then I'm going to see the anger everywhere. It's like looking through, um, you know, sunglasses, everything's tinted, the, whatever color your sunglasses are. If you, so if you're looking through uh, a sense of a, a militaristic attitude, like the military being armed, all this human defense stuff, if that's your attitude about life and you think that's the salvation of the world is to have an army and to solve the problems that way, then you're going to, that's like, colored lens that you're looking through at Jesus and you're going to think, well, Jesus is that way. Yeah. If you are a peaceful person, you're going to, you're going to see the peaceful aspect of Jesus. You know, Jesus said something like, I did not come to bring peace. I came to bring a sword. Yeah. And people take that out of context and think, see, he would have had a, a rifle today, you know, to protect himself. <laughs> right. Jesus really did not have the world's weapons. He did not okay. use the world's weapons. His weapons were like what Paul says, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not worldly. They're not material, but they're, they're spiritual to bring down bastions of, you know, the, the, the material ways. They're, they're spiritual. I didn't quote that Bible verse very well. That's okay. That's uh, fine. To bring down, to yeah, to bring down strongholds and bring every thought into obedience to Christ. You can't do that by pointing a gun at someone. No. I heard a guy uh, when I was living in Texas many years ago. A guy was on the radio saying, "We've got to get people to believe in Jesus, whatever it takes. If you have to hold a gun to their head." So they'll sign that piece of paper saying, I believe in Jesus, then that's it. We got to save everybody. God bless that man's heart. But I mean, he was as sincere as he probably mm -hmm. could be, but mm -hmm. that was misguided. That yeah. was, he was projecting onto Jesus 
something that really was not true about Jesus. It was in his own mind. So how did how did Jesus see himself militaristically? Well, did he enroll in the army? Did he go sign up to fight the Romans? No. His fight, really, if you want to call it, his battle, his warfare, was on a completely spiritual battlefield. Uh, think of when he was in the desert, in the in the wilderness, being tempted by Satan. You know, that was where he was fighting his war uh, by not uh, not believing the lies that Satan had to tell. And I think that's, to me, where we need to, if we're going to follow Jesus, we need to follow his example, not what we want to believe about him. So making him in our image is what I see being done. And I think this is this is a, a great answer in terms of military. But what about politically? Because political uh, polarization, in especially in America today, is all about people who say, if you're a Christian, you vote this way, you support this bill, you believe in this. So from a political aspect, who is Jesus? From our definition, I, that depends who you talk to, because everybody feels like, again, Jesus is on their side. Yeah. And I may have used this analogy before on when we were talking on your mm -hmm. podcast. I don't remember, but you know, I like to think of the body of Christ. Paul says we're all members of the body of Christ. And that think of the well, we'll go politics here, the right hand and the left hand. Okay. You know, we have that terminology in politics, the right and the left. Well, the right and the left hand are similar, but they're sort of mirror images of each other. And so you could say they're opposites. Okay. Well, the right hand can do things the left hand can't. The right hand thinks everybody should be just like them. The left hand thinks, why can't everybody just be like me? It's like Henry Higgins in uh, My Fair Lady. Why can't a woman be more like a man? I think we need to appreciate the difference between the right and the left hand in the body of Christ. They have a different position, a different role, and a different perspective. They see things differently. The right, somebody in the right hand of the body of Christ says, you have to see it my way, is like saying the whole body is going to be a right hand. Yeah. And Paul says, if that's the case, where's the body? I mean, yeah. a giant, a giant right hand could not walk around and do all the things. The right hand needs the left hand. And so, well, the politicalization of Jesus is, yes. again, we think, well, I believe in Jesus, so he must agree with me. Mm -hmm. Exactly. <laughs> but, Jesus, but Jesus saw the fullness of God's creation. And his enemy was not, even though he jumped on the Pharisees, his enemy was not the Pharisees. He knew, he knew who the enemy was, and that was the devil. And I, I heard a great analogy that if you take a hundred red ants and a hundred black ants and put them gently in a jar and just set it there, they're fine. But if you shake that jar, yeah. those two different ants, kinds of ants will fight with each other. They each think the other kind of ant is the enemy. Well, oh the my. enemy is whoever shook the jar. Guess who's shaking the jar today? Wow. Isn't that a powerful idea? I just love it. Next time I get out in the garden, I'm going to watch the ants. But that's exactly right. And also, imagine, and God forbid this should happen to anybody out there, but it happens all the time. You lose one, the right or the left hand. 
How unbalanced are you? The right to yeah. the left foot. How unbalanced are you? There's a reason we have both. And Jesus, in my opinion, and what I've heard you say too on several of your episodes, is that he wasn't, Jesus was not about polarity. He was about unity. And they, he never said, well, don't be different from each other. But he did say, don't hate each other. He said, the world will know you're my followers by your love for one another. And he said, love your enemies. So did he define himself politically? I don't think he did. He did never he, did. Did he uh, go to support the Roman uh, occupation? No. Did he support the, uh, well, I guess you'd call them the zealots, the factions in Judaism that were trying to overthrow the Roman Empire? That's not, again, that wasn't his uh, political battlefield. His politics, if you want to call it, was to obey God, yeah. obey the laws of God, and walk the extra mile with your brother, whether he's a Roman or a Jew or a Gentile, walk the extra mile, do what you need to do. But your real loyalty mm -hmm. is to God. And I think, unfortunately, the uh, too many people that are so involved in politics, their first loyalty is their their uh, their pol their political party their political agenda they are they have more dedication to their political agenda than they do actually doing what jesus said and they may do that in the name of jesus they may wave the the flag of jesus i don't think jesus ever had a flag i don't remember know? one no i know and i don't I don't think we have the original one because there wasn't one and we can't really uh, you know, that was not his uh, modus operandi. So that leads us into the next area that I was interested in, and that was nationalism. We see a huge rise in nationalism today, and I think a lot of people, you know, it's fine to be proud of your country. I just was in the store today, and uh, I there was this older gentleman and you know he had to be older if i'm calling him older and he said um oh please ma'am go through this door he held the door for me and i said thank you sir and i looked up and he had a hat that said he was a korean veteran and i turned to him and mm. i said thank you for your service sir and I said, you know, my father was a World War II veteran. I've talked about him on the show. I've talked about him before. He died of service-connected disabilities in his 50s. I never knew my father that he wasn't ill. Uh, the last uh, 20 years of his life, I was 16 when he died. The last years of his life, wow. he um, really suffered from a heart condition that was brought on by rheumatic fever. He got it when he was in the trenches in Northern Africa. And in those days, you know, the 30s and early 40s, they didn't have penicillin, anything like that. So he almost died, but he came home with such a severely damaged heart. And yet I asked him many times if he was sorry he had been in the service. And he said, no, it was just part of what happened. So anyway, I didn't tell this whole story to the man, but I just said my father was World War II vet. And I'm very proud of his service, too. And he did die for this country. And the gentleman said, thank you for sharing that. And um, 
He said, thank you that your father was a veteran too. And then we parted ways. But I thought to myself, here are two people from two different wars fighting for the same thing. And that was for liberation and freedom of all people, the entire world. It wasn't just about America. It wasn't just about Korea. It wasn't just about Germany and the European states. And a couple of weeks ago, I had a gentleman on named uh, Dave Siegel, who's a good friend of mine, and he is somebody who is out there fighting anti-Semitism. And he said that a lot of times the reason people don't like Jews is because they think the Jews killed Jesus. But he made a case for the fact that Jesus was apolitical, and that means without political posture, and that is why he died humanly. Now, we we all know the story that God sent him to die. But the fact is, the Romans were a little freaked out by him. The stuff he was preaching was a little scary to them, too. So I believe when he said, my kingdom is not of this world, I believe that's what he meant. I'm not a political figure, and I am not a military strategist. And as far as nations go, he was a Jew a Hebrew, an Israeli, however you want to put that. But when we move now from nationality to religion, and this is the other point I wanted to cover, he wasn't exclusive in saying only the Jews can be saved. Only the Gentiles will have um, access to God's kingdom. But we have in this world, many different places, the propensity to move into an exclusionary religious posture. You have to be this in order to inherit the kingdom of God. What did he have to say Uh, about that? Oh, wow. That's a really good question. Um, I actually want to comment a little bit on the nationalism issue Mm. as well. Um, The, um, and you really, you really kind of took the words out of my mouth and that is Jesus's nation, if you want to call it that, was the kingdom of heaven. Thank you. That's right. And, you know, uh, the his disciples, even after his resurrection and just before he ascended, they still had this geopolitical sense of the kingdom of the nation because they said, will you restore at this time the kingdom to Israel? And yes. he said, you know what? He I'm going to paraphrase. He basically said, it's not for you to know that. It's really he was saying that's the wrong question. They still, they were still thinking of this earthly kingdom. Yeah. He said the, he always was talking about the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. And so that was, again, his loyalty. That's where his, that was the, where he was a citizen. That was the, the land, not land, but the, the realm in which, of which he was a citizen. And so that's where his loyalties were. And that's where, uh, you know, that's what he was trying to convey to people. So he wasn't uh, about, he said, I have sheep that aren't of this fold. And this exactly. now gets into this this uh, next question about the religiousness of it. He came first to the Jews, even in, um, I think it's Isaiah, it talks about him being a light to the Gentiles. That's yeah. the, 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 he, That was prophesied as something the Messiah would do several times in the Old Testament. And um either people weren't aware of those scriptures or they didn't see them in the right context i don't know but 
that was part of his mission was to include all mankind. And, and that verse I quoted earlier, John 3, 16, God so loved the world. It doesn't say God just loved one part of the world, one slice of the pie. He loved all mankind mm -hmm. so much. Uh, Jesus came for everyone. And, and that's what uh, even the Jews who first believed in Jesus, his disciples, you know, they had to get used to that idea because they thought, oh, this is a, you know, they weren't even supposed to go into uh, a Gentile's home. They weren't supposed to talk to them. Right. And you remember uh, after the, um, after Jesus ascended, uh, that whole story in Acts about Cornelius, the Roman right. centurion. It's a big story, and uh, your listeners would love to read this, but uh, Cornelius is a Roman centurion, mm -hmm. and but he knows God. He's praying to God, and he sees a vision. He, an angel says, send for a man named Peter, and gives him like the address to find him. And so he sends some people to get Peter. Peter has a vision in the meantime where God is revealing that he needs to not uh, be so uh, exclusionary. I'm really telescoping this. And oh, so yes. when Peter yeah. gets to Cornelius's house, he says, God has shown me that I'm not to be a respecter of persons, you know? And so then he's preaching about Jesus. The Holy spirit descends on Cornelius, his friends and family. And Peter says, well, who's to say that these people can't be baptized? They've received the Holy Spirit just like us. Well, when the word got back to Jerusalem that he had gone into these people's homes, these uncircumcised Gentiles, I mean, that was that was oh. really breaking the Jewish law. That yes. was unholy. And so he explained, Peter explained what happened. Fortunately, it had some friends there with him so that they could verify it. But let's even go back to Jesus's life. He, you know, he, in his ministry, he talked to people that weren't uh, Hebrews, weren't of the Jewish nationality. Right. Uh, and he started with the Jews, but then he branched out. Uh, and, you know, think of the woman of Samaria. Think yes. of the Syrophoenician woman whose daughter was sick. And she came to him and begged him. And, you know, he healed her daughter. You know, God loves everyone equally. And I think this us, them mentality, this hierarchy of uh, who's in and who's out is not is not a lens that Jesus looked through. He saw everyone. Uh, and even among the Jews, I, I was talking about that, by the way, as far as my prison ministry, I'm actually yes. back in back in to the prison since oh, COVID. Right. I, w I was I was out for like three years. And so. Right. So I was back in just this afternoon. I just came from there. And one of the things we talked about today was in the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus looks out the crowd and says, you're the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. Salt was very valuable and light was so important. He was saying, seeing everyone's value, but also everybody in that crowd was not a perfect human being. Yes. They had all their degrees of, of sinner and sainthood. <laughs> you know, there Indeed. was a wide wide range he didn't say well some of you if you're obeying all the laws you're the light of the world he said it to everybody and so Correct. there was this all-inclusiveness he was interested in what was going on in your heart 
uh, we're the ones that exclude ourselves or other people because of our opinions, our preconceptions, our own, um, you know, experiences that cloud the lens that we're looking through. We say, well, uh, well, like the right hand looks at the left hand and said, you're different from me. I know I'm a Christian. That means you must not be a Christian. They need a bigger perspective of the whole. Um, so I think religiously, Jesus was very much, he came for all mankind. Right. And, and when he said, whoever believes on me, greater works will he do because I'm going to the Father. Mm-hmm. I think part of that might include reaching actually all mankind because he was in a very short period of time. He had an incredible ministry in those three years, but he didn't personally go to every country on earth. He uh, commissioned his immediate disciples and in effect us as well to do this greater work of including all mankind. He, he set the found, he was the foundation for it, but then we have to build on that foundation. To see Jesus, I think one of the most interesting things that ever happened for me was he, w- he was asking Peter, who do people say I am? Who do you say I am? Right. There it is. And I'm hoping that as we continue to grow, that we will see him as he wants to be seen and not as this political military, nationalistic, or religious exclusionary figure. So the question comes as we look at all this, and many of my listeners are not of my faith base and your faith base, and that's fine, friends. That's just fine because you can find principles within this man's teachings that are really beneficial for peace and harmony and unity. And if this world doesn't need peace and harmony and unity, then I don't know <laughs> what we need. But where I could tell you, it's hard. It's hard work for all of us. And I don't believe you're going to go down to the Kmart Blue Light Special and pick up peace, harmony, and unity. I just don't think that's going to happen. And if it does, please reach me on my website. But I wonder, <laughs> I have to ask the question, we're almost trained and it's so difficult to walk away from who do they say I am to who do you say I am? And now my question to you, James, is based on your latest podcast episode, which was 181, and it was about spiritually seeing God so and Jesus. So how how can we change that? to see through the spiritual eyes now? I absolutely love that question, Laura. <laughs> you do. And you set me up, man. You're going <laughs> to get it. Uh, Boom. <laughs> you, well, and you put your finger on that passage from Matthew chapter 16, mm-hmm. verse 16, where Jesus says, who do people say I am? And obviously by the answer, people didn't really completely get it. No. Some people thought he was a, one of the prophets that had come back to life. Some people thought he was even John the Baptist, which just shows how ridiculous the human mind is trying to figure things out. Because John the Baptist had lived at the same time as Jesus for, you know, for yeah. like 30 years. Like, where did that come from? There, The human mind is clueless. And so then Jesus said, okay, 
I get it. I mean, you know, he wanted to know what, what were people saying? And I think it was, what is, what are people associating all this healing, all this preaching I'm doing? What are they associating that with? Mm -hmm. And he wasn't really totally satisfied with that answer. So he said, okay, who do you say I am? He's talking to his immediate disciples. He's just with his disciples. So they've got the privacy of, of their little intimate group. And Peter, good old Peter, we jump Boy. on Peter some, but you know, he, I like him. He, I like Peter. I appreciate <laughs> I like him. him. He was, he was bold and he overstepped, but his heart was in the right place. And um, he said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And it I is. think those words are really important, but I think the words that Jesus said afterwards, are just as important, if not more so, because Jesus said, no flesh and bones, in other words, no person told you who I was, no human opinion, no human theology, no human history, no, no uh, person lording it over you at church told you who I was. It was revealed to you by the Father by my father in heaven. The only way that we can truly know Jesus is from what God reveals to us. The problem is I've been in churches. I've been in groups where a preacher comes up and says, well, Jesus is either this or that. We know he's not a liar. So he's got to be this. It's got to be exactly this way. And he's saying, if you don't believe this, you're going to hell. It's not always the exact wording that Jesus used himself. And so I think um, I have had to take away everything that people have told me that I have to believe about Jesus. And some of them you would hold very dear and think, well, that's the truth. Well, maybe it is. But if you believe it because a person told you you had to, then wow. that's not even if it's the same thing, that's not right. Because there's, I mean, I have heard so many people say, you have to believe this way or you're going to hell. Yep, me too. And yeah, and so uh, really, who made those people in charge? I was curious, you know? Mm -hmm. Right, gatekeepers. And, and, yeah, and, they, and that's not their job. God did not give them that job. Some people have more faith, just like I was saying, some people have more faith in their political agendas then then in following jesus a lot of people have more faith in their beliefs their doctrines their theology about J jesus than they do in jesus himself because maybe maybe we're a little bit i mean i think the bible gives some real clues as to who jesus is but a lot of people look at the same verses and see something different because we're coming to it with our own preconceptions, what we've been told we have to believe. And if you're a good Christian, you hear a preacher that you love say, well, you got to believe this way. You think, okay, well, that's what I'll do. I, what I try to do on my podcast, I don't tell people what to believe. I say, read this Bible for yourself. Read these. Don't just read that one verse. Read everything Jesus said about it. And uh, I heard a speaker one time, he had a program, How Did Christ Jesus See Himself? which yes. is kind of where you're coming with this. And then the know. first, yeah, the first thing he said was, he actually pointed out that Jesus says, 
I don't say anything unless God tells me to. I don't do anything unless I see the Father tell me. So he's, the speaker said, um, what really is going on is Jesus only shared what he heard from the Father. So it really is, how did God, the Father, see Jesus? How, and we have that a couple of times where the voice from heaven is heard, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. This is my beloved son. Hear him. Listen to him. Listen to him. There yeah. it is. And Jesus then said, you want to you wanna be on my team? Then you got to do what I tell you to. That's right. We make this much more complicated. People have created this big theology, Christology, Jesusology about who Jesus is, and they have drawn lines in the sand. And we may all be a little bit like the five blind men touching the elephant. We each see one aspect of it, mm -hmm. but we may not see the whole thing. And yet we think that's the whole picture. And I'm not saying this is done maliciously. Very sincere people, very sincere Christians can believe different things. I don't have a problem with that anymore. I used to. I used to feel like, well, I'm right and they're wrong. Now it's like, okay, that's what they see from their perspective and through whatever lens they're looking through. But one time I was really troubled about something. Uh, this was years ago. And, and I was just in this dark cloud. And this thought came to me. God knows himself. I was trying to know God better. And I thought, well, God knows himself. Like, that's what I want to know. How does God know himself? Same thing about Jesus. Jesus knew who he was. And he identified himself several ways. He called himself the son of man more often than anything. And that was actually a reference to the Messiah. He did reveal to a few people that he was the, the Messiah, the Christ, the anointed one fulfilling these scriptures. And, and that's what Peter had said. They hadn't even seen all the scriptures fulfilled yet. I mean, some people got it. Think of uh, Philip and Nathaniel. You know, they just said, wow, uh, you must be the Christ in chapter one of John. And Jesus said, you ain't seen nothing yet, buddy boy. <laughs> just stick you, around, you, pal. Yeah, yeah. You, they, they, had, they just, it was, it was something God revealed to them. And so I think all the Bible studies are important and seeing how he fulfilled all the scriptures. And he did that on the walk to Emmaus with those two that were running away. He yeah. wanted them to understand how he fulfilled all the scriptures. Even you can study all those scriptures and you can accept it intellectually. It still has to be a revelation from the Father, because if it's just the human mind believing something another human mind says, I mean, yes. I, I don't I don't take what anyone says, not even a member of my church. I mean, who cares what my opinion is? I want to know how does God see Jesus? How does how does God? I mean, what tenderness to say, this is my beloved son. This is my dear son. I love him so much. And I love you so much. I've sent him to help you guys out because you need a little help right now. Yeah. <laughs> we still need a little help. We still need a little, we still need a lot of help. And I hope this podcast has been some help for some of you. You know, James and I do not claim to have the answer. And that is not the point of this podcast. This podcast has never been out there to give you an answer. It's been there. I hope to call the question. 
and to help all of us to do what James is talking about. And that's maybe release some of these things and ask God honestly, humbly, without my additions and subtractions and multiplications of things. Who is this guy? Who is this Jesus? And to know him, I need some help from the Father and from the Holy Spirit. And I have to release my own ego. You know, ego is an acronym for edging God out. <laughs> right. I've heard that. That's good. Yes. And you know, it really think, is. Let me jump in here. Uh, yeah. I think one of the best ways to get to know Jesus mm. is to take the Sermon on the Mount. Yep. And point by point, just do what Jesus says. Because if you want to get to know him, and I'm not saying put what label you're going to put on him. Just getting to know him, know his mindset, know what he was thinking, know what he expected of us. You start going through the Sermon on the Mount and loving your enemies, praying for those people who've hurt you, you know, uh, saying your prayers in secret, uh, giving your uh, charitable giving in secret, fasting in secret. You know, how many times we put all this stuff on Facebook? We want oh, everybody to know, oh, look at me. I'm such a good Christian. I'm <laughs> fasting for this next week. You know, I'm fasting during Lent. And that's <laughs> fine. But I don't think that was supposed to be a public thing. No. It's a, it's just between you and God. Let the evidence of the or the result of those things shine out in your light in your life. So, you know, the best way I have found to get to know Jesus, who, what kind of guy he was. Yeah. Uh, from in, including the human and the divine. I mean, you know, there's a big range of who Jesus was, even Indeed. in his own life uh, of, of the things he did and said and, and, and was, we get to know that as we start walking in his footsteps. And the beautiful thing there is he says, you know, if you're weary and tired and heavy laden, Come to me and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. A yoke is this big, heavy wooden harness. Right. We usually like to think of, you know, footsteps in the sand where there's only one set of footprints and Jesus is carrying us. But I like the image of Jesus is there in the harness right next to me, pulling alongside me, helping me, guiding me, pacing me, you know, encouraging me. He's walking with me side by side. To me, that's a much more powerful image because he he doesn't want to just he doesn't want us to just expect him to do all the work. He wants right. us to learn to f walk in his footsteps with him. That's the best way to really get to know who he is. Wow. Well, I think that's a great place to wrap this up. And it is not as nebulous as we may think. But it's also not as simple as some people are trying to say, do this politically, do this militarily, do this nationalistically, and do this religiously, and now you have Jesus. So, James, one of the best things that I can think of offering for people, I think the idea of the Beatitudes is an absolutely wonderful idea, and it's probably not a bad thing after Easter for folks to start looking at that, but how did they find you and your podcast? Because there's some real gems in this podcast that you produce. And it is called The Bible Speaks to You. It is released on Tuesdays each week. How are people going to find that? Okay. Well, thank you for asking. I, I, of course. I'd love to share. As uh, you said, Laura, it's called The Bible Speaks to You. So if you go to thebiblespeakstoyou.com, um, 
you can sign up for my email notification list. And um, I'm going to actually suggest, and of course you can listen to it on, on any podcast app, but when you go to my website, I'm going to, I'm going to give this link uh, now and Laura can have it in the show notes. Yes. And I've created this link already exists because every time I'm on Laura's show, uh, there's a page I want you to go to the Bible speaks to you.com forward slash living L I V I N. And when you go to this page, there'll be a place to uh, sign up for the podcast and you'll get an email every week. And when you do that, I've put together a little prayer guide called praying with the mindset of Jesus. And when wow. you sign up, I will send that to you. It'll come in your download folder. I've also put together a kind of a playlist of previous episodes on my podcast, and they have to do with our spiritual identity, your spiritual identity in Christ, discovering your God-given purpose, your God-given purpose. And so there's a little button down at the bottom you can click and, and see those episodes. And uh, I also do something called Jesus Mindset Coaching. I help people. It's not life coaching. It's not business coaching. Uh, it's not how to declutter your closet. It's, <laughs> I guess you could say it's how to declutter your heart and follow not just follow Jesus, you know, formulaically, but learn to think like Jesus, learn to know what his mindset was. And so anyway, go to the Bible speaks to you.com forward slash living. And uh, all those resources will be there. And I'd love to connect with you. And if you ever have any questions about any of the things on my podcast, there's a contact tab on the, on the menu bar. I would love to hear from you because I'm still learning. I'm sure. not trying to tell anybody what to believe. I'm just sharing my thoughts and uh, I'm always open up to, you know, new, new perspectives because we learn from people that uh, have a different viewpoint than us. And uh, that's kind of what I want to about. But I'm, I'm, I want you to, I want the, the Bible to speak to you. I don't want you to believe something because Laura or I tell you, right. uh, you've got to let God speak to you directly. And I think the most important thing for us is to be able to answer the question for ourselves: who is this guy? Who did he say he was? And now who do I say he is based on a spiritual lens and not on the things that define the kingdoms of this world? Because he had no interest in the kingdoms of this world. My kingdom is not of this world. And he said that. James, thank you for being with me. I think this is so important, especially today. We have covered this a little bit in 2021. We did some work on this. We also have done some other work on it where we've, we've talked about who is this guy. And James is just one of my favorite go-to people at this time of year, because again, it's brought up, who is this guy? this Jesus that we celebrate, this Jesus that we revere, this Jesus that those of us who walk in his, in believing in him, want to know him better. Friends, please do check out the show notes and you will find Christine Marie's information. You will find James' information that he just shared with you. And thank you again, James. Thank you. Oh, Laura, it's been wonderful. I always love chatting with you, and I love to talk about Jesus. So, uh, we, well, so do I. We just have a party over here. Yeah. And thank you for being at my table, which is where my recordings are uh, produced. I don't have a, a studio, but what I do have is a kitchen table. And being Italian, everything happens around the kitchen table. I so, love being at your table. <laughs> you must come to Colorado and have some some Italian food. We're not quite finished yet with James because 
I've asked him to come back on in a couple weeks and help us explore what he means by looking through the lens of Jesus and trying to see things through his mindset. If you want to catch up with me in the meantime, I am Laura L. Paget, and that is my website, laurelpaget.com, and you can find my podcasts, the books that I've written, my blogs, and my speaking topics. I'd love to hear from you too. My contact information is there. But until next time, friends, please keep asking the questions. Don't be afraid of them. Be open to the answers and always, always follow the light. Take care. God bless. Bye-bye. Where?